today we're going to talk about, obviously, bold uh, prayers. Uh, last week, Pastor Andrew did a great job of kind of laying out the uh, foundation of what's uh, going on. Uh, and remember, we're looking at uh, Acts 4. So for today, a couple things I need to have you do. One is, uh, if you got your Bible, your app, whatever it is you use, go ahead and get to Acts 4. That's where we're going to be working today. Uh, also, when you came in, you should have got a handout. In the handout is a half sheet. Grab that half sheet, will you? Uh, because we're going to be doing some work uh, today. You're like, oh no, I came to church. It's going to make me work. Yes, we're going to do some good stuff. So uh, grab that uh, half sheet. And if you have a pencil, if you have a pen, uh, find it, right? Ladies, dig to the bottom and get one for your husband of that purse, uh, whatever you need to do, but find a, find a pencil uh, or a pen, okay? All right, here's what we're going to do. So we know the circumstances. If you are here last week, quick run, run through is uh, it's uh, the experience in the book of Acts of uh, the early church. In specific, we're looking at the experience of uh, Peter and of John. Uh, remember, in the book of Acts, in the beginning, the Holy Spirit comes uh, upon the church. Uh, Peter gets up, and he preaches an incredible uh, sermon, and uh, 3,000 people come to know Jesus uh, on that day. Good day's work. Amen? Uh, 3,000 people come to become followers uh, of Christ. A uh, little time goes by, a few days go by, and Peter and John are going off to the temple like uh, they always do to worship. Uh, and on the way, they heal uh, a lame man. And, of course, there's another opportunity to preach. And so another message is uh, shared. And in that experience, 5,000 people uh, receive Jesus on that day and surrender their lives to the power of the gospel. Right? Pretty good piece of work, right? By the way, a little sub-note for you. I know that uh, some folks, as we're talking about greater things and, and our new edition and everything we're doing, they're asking the question, hey, why in the world does Christ Church want to grow anymore? It's already getting pretty big and pretty full. Boy, this is a full house today. Thank you. Right? Um, well, I tell you what. The answer is these guys got 8,000 people in just two days. Uh, right? What does that tell you about God's desire uh, for his church and his kingdom. Well, his desire is that it grows, right? And so it's not an option. It's not a question. It's not a matter of debate. This is what Christ followers do. We reach more people, right? So if you're wondering that, the question is simple. The answer is simple. Hey, we just do it because that's, <clears throat> that's what we do. It's just part of our character is to reach more people for Christ. All right, so we got that put to rest. Uh, let's get back into it. What happens is they get these new people, uh, but... They're not the only ones that take note of what's happening. Also, the religious leaders take note of what's going on. And so this group called the Sanhedrin, a council of 71, powerful, powerful people, same people that killed Jesus. Uh, they arrest Peter and John, uh, and that's where we pick it up in Acts 4 for today. It says, the council then threatened them, Peter and John, then threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. For everyone was praising God for this miraculous sign, the healing of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. The important thing to note is the powers of the world in that time, right? The powers that be in, uh, in that experience with Peter and John exert their authority. And notice what the text says. They threaten them further. So here's my question for you today. How many of you... Have have things in your life that just threaten your life. I mean, you know, not threaten whether you're going to live or... Well, maybe whether you're going to live or die, right? But 
How many, how many times do you go through your week and your experience of just living and, and things just come at you and it feels like, man, it's just tough and things threaten you? Right? What, what are the things? What are the things that threaten you? Maybe it's a boss, a co-worker who's always in your face that you can't seem to get along with, who's always just rubbing you the wrong way. Anybody have one of those? No, don't raise your hand. That's okay if your boss is in the room. <laughs> right? But you know what I mean, right? I mean, we do, right? Uh, maybe it's sickness. Maybe some of you right now are in that experience where there's, there's just this sickness that's threatening you, right? And, and, your, and your well-being. Right? Maybe it's in a relationship, that you have a relationship under siege and it's being threatened. I mean, the truth is that for all of us, because we live in this broken world, because sin is loose in this world, and because the evil one is actively at work in this world, we are just like Peter and John in that we are always going to be threatened. We're going to be threatened. The question is not whether we will or won't be threatened. The question is, what do you do when you're threatened? How, how do you deal with these threats that come after you uh, in your life as you seek to follow Christ? We get it in uh, the experience of Peter and John in Acts 4. It says, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people. If you got your pencil, circle that phrase, by the way. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. They went back to their own people and they reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in what? What did they do when they were threatened? They simply prayed. Right now you're saying, that's it? I got up this morning, I came to Christ Church, that's all you got for me, Pastor? <laughs> I kind of knew that before I came in the room, right? That when things are tough, yeah, you got to go beyond yourself, reach out, and you got to pray. Okay, sure, but there's more. There's really more, and that's the work we're going to do today. You see, the question not, is not really whether you pray or don't pray. Well, that's obviously important, but for a Christ follower, it's a given, right? When threats come upon us, we, we pray. The real question is, to whom do you pray and how do you pray? Uh, to whom? That is, how do you see, how do you understand the God to whom you pray? What's your picture of the God to whom you pray? And what do you pray for? How do you pray. That's what we're going to see today from Peter and John. And how we respond to that and how we imitate that will move us maybe from where we are today in our prayers to where they were, where we're just bold, bold about our prayers. So here, let's start here. As you look at this last week, if you're already a Christ follower and you, you get this, hey, threats, I pray, Think about this last week. Um, how many times did you pray and, and how did you pray? What did you pray about? Right? And, and if you didn't pray at all this week, that's a clue, right? That's a clue for you about how you see God and whether you think God really can or can't do anything in your life at all. But if you did pray, what did you pray about? 
What did that prayer look like? You got it? Write it down if you got time here. But you got something going on in your head, hopefully, in your heart uh, right now. Capture that. And let's look and see how Peter and John pray. You ready? Peter and John, it says, When they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. Here is what they said. Here's how they prayed and to whom they prayed. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. What was their picture and their understanding of the God to whom they prayed? He was sovereign. What's that mean? That means they prayed and said from the get-go, listen, we know who you are. God, we know you hold everything in your hands. We know you are absolutely sovereign about all the situations, all the circumstances. We know that you are a God of the universe who spoke everything into being with one simple word. You are the God of creativity to create all the creatures of the earth and the sea. We know that you are an incredible, bold, sovereign God. Get the picture? When they prayed, they didn't just pray to a God that says... Lord, can you, can you just help me out in this small little circumstance, this little threat I'm going on? They didn't pray to God that said, Lord, you're a fixer. Can you just kind of fix this for me and, and get it right for me? They didn't pray to a God who just would show up when they need a little healing going on or whatever's going on and threaten their life. You just come in and kind of solve the problem. No, they prayed to who? A big, bold God. They prayed to a God that said, listen, You are absolutely sovereign. That means whatever takes place, whatever goes on, it will always go on according to your purpose and your will because you are absolutely sovereign. That's big. That's big. Okay, test time. Now, as you think about those prayers you prayed last week, what kind of God did you believe in and pray to last week? What kind of picture of God did you believe in and pray to that, that, those prayers last week? And about those prayers, if you look at how you prayed last week, how would you pray differently now when you see God as absolutely bold and sovereign? That's what they did. They prayed bold prayers Because they prayed and understood a bold, sovereign God. It's just what we sang about, right? A bold, sovereign God, the name of Jesus that nothing can stand against. Right? They said, listen, nothing can stand against who you are, God. Nothing will stop what you seek to achieve, God. How does it change how we pray? Now notice the second thing they did. Not only did they have a picture and understanding of who God is as a bold, sovereign God, but they also invited other Christians into the experience of praying to that same bold, sovereign God, right? And so it says on the release, Peter, John, they went back to whom? To their own people. What does that mean? They gathered 
with the experience of the other believers. Does that mean they got together with the 8,000 new believers? Probably not. You know what it probably more likely means? It means they went back and they got together with their small group. Why do we tell you over and over again, get in a small group? You see, when things happen in our life, when threats come into our life, it is tempting for us to draw away, right? It's tempting for us to isolate ourselves. What Peter and John teach us is exactly the opposite. When threats come upon us, the place we need to run to is a sovereign God and his people. And so they ran to a sovereign God and they ran to their small group of believers. And look what they did. It says they gathered with their own people and they reported all the chief priests and the elders said to them. What did they do? They just poured out their life experience. They poured out, listen, this is what's going on. This is the threat that's coming on my life. They didn't hold anything back. They just shared it. They poured it out. And then together, what did, what did all the believers in that experience do? And when they heard this, they raised their voices together and did what? Prayed boldly. Well, I got to tell you, if you're a Christ follower already and you're not gathering with God's people, if you don't have that small group experience, if you're not in that situation where you've got relationships with other Christians that you can go to and you can pour your out to and you can get them praying bold prayers with you and for you, you are missing out. You're missing out. This is what we do. Peter and John had those people. They went to them. They poured their heart. And those people invested back. And together, they prayed bold prayers to a big, bold God. They prayed bold prayers to a big, bold God. And what made their prayers so bold? Here's the big shift. This is what made their prayer so bold. Notice when they prayed. Notice what they prayed for. Starts out, they're talking to the sovereign God, and they said, Listen, God, you spoke long ago by the Holy Spirit through your ancestor David, your servant, saying, Where were the nations? Why were the nations so angry? Why did they waste their time with futile plans? The kings of the earth prepared for battle. The rulers gathered together against the Lord and against the Messiah. What in the world is that all about? Summary. Here's what they're doing. They are acknowledging the sovereign nature of God. And they're acknowledging that their plans and anybody else's plans that don't agree with his plans are futile. Did you get that? They're saying, look at it. Why did they waste their time with futile plans? But whose plans were those? Their plans. Their plans. You see, when you know a big, bold, sovereign God, you know a big, bold, sovereign God is going to move things forward according to His plans. And this is what makes us different. We pray boldly to that sovereign God because we know God has our best interests at His heart. How do we know that? Because He gave up His Son. He sacrificed the most precious part of the kingdom of heaven for each one of you. 
He willingly gave over his son to death and he raised him from the dead and he accomplished our forgiveness. He has our best interests in his heart and he will always act in his sovereign nature for the goodness of his people. And so we pray bold prayers and we say to pray anything else would be futile. To pray anything else beyond his purposes, his desire, and his sovereignty, that would be absolutely futile. Does that mean we don't acknowledge your threats? No, look what they do. They say, in fact, this happened here in the very city, and Herod Antipas and Pontius Pilate, the governor, and the Gentiles, the people of Israel, they went through the list and said, look, these, these are all the people. These are all the threats. This is the power that's going against us, and they're all united But look who they said they're united against. And they're all united against who? Jesus. They didn't say, Lord, take note, because we're under threat here, and they're all united against us. It's all about us, after all. And what's important is that you do whatever you need to do to make me better, that you need to respond to my prayers, because I'm going to pray about what's in my best interest. So, Lord, just notice the threats and notice... They didn't say, Lord, notice the threats and take the threats away. They did not say that. They simply prayed bold prayers. And they said, now, Lord, consider the threats. You know the situation. Consider the threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. What did they pray for? That they would simply live their lives inside the sovereign will of God. That's pretty bold. That they would pray such a bold prayer that said, God, you are sovereign. We know who you are. We believe in who you are. You have showed us who you are in Jesus. And we believe whatever you do is always going to be the best. And so, Lord, it's not about us. It's about Jesus. And do whatever you need to do, because we're here to serve you. That is a bold prayer. It's also captured in this prayer that you and I pray every time we come to Christ Church. Every week we pray a prayer. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Jesus gave it to us. He said, listen, this is, this is an example. This is how you should pray. And of course, what do we pray in the Lord's Prayer every time we do it? Lord's Prayer, every time we do it. Thy will be done. Here, where? Here on earth as well as in heaven. So it's going to happen in heaven. That's what we're saying. We know your perfect will is going to be accomplished in heaven. What are we asking? We're saying, listen, do your will, sovereign Lord. Do your will, sovereign Lord. Here on earth, meaning here in my life. Use my life in whatever way, for whatever purpose, For the cause of Jesus Christ, advance your will, because whatever you do is going to be the best for me. Whatever you do is going to be the best and highest use of my life. That is bold. That is bold. Does that mean we don't ask God to solve our threats? We don't ask God for miracles? No, of course, we ask God for miracles. They did too, right? They said, stretch out your hand, heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, 
Jesus. What's the difference? When we pray bold prayers, we pray that God would do miraculous signs and wonders if it's inside His sovereign will and it accomplishes the witness to the name of Jesus. They ask for miraculous signs and wonders. By the end or middle of Acts 4, they're getting them. It says the apostles were performing many, what, miraculous signs and wonders. But what was the outcome of the signs and the wonders? Look down at verse 14. Yet more and more people did what? Believed, right? They believed and they were brought to the Lord's. Crowds of both men and women. What did the miraculous signs and wonders accomplish? The mission. Extending the kingdom. It accomplished the boldness that they prayed for. See, this is the amazing shift for us. When, when we are Christ followers, when we receive Jesus, we say, listen, my life is no longer my own. Lord, you are sovereign. You are incredible. Nothing can stand against your name. There is no power on earth that can overwill your, override your purposes and your will. So go ahead, Lord. Sovereign Lord, go ahead. Accomplish your will here on earth just like you do in heaven and do whatever is right. Do whatever is good. Use my life however you choose for the witness and the cause of Jesus. That's bold. That is tremendously bold. And that's what's happening. I can share with you today. That's what happens here at Christ Church in the lives of some of our people. We just uh, had, a, had one of our uh, folks give us a God story uh, just this last week where they shared, Hey, I had some tests. You know, you know those tests you go through. I had some some physical tests, and uh, the first test didn't come out so well, and things weren't looking so good, and I had to go back from some additional tests. And uh, yeah, I prayed, and yeah, I started praying, saying, "Lord, man, I just you know take this away from me and heal me." But that person shared with us that right after they got done saying that, they moved to a place that said, "Lord, you know what." Most importantly, whatever the outcome of the test is, just make it for your cause. Make me a witness for your kingdom. That's bold. Isn't that bold? That's bold. Incredible, bold prayers that understand our lives are about something bigger and greater than ourselves because we serve and we are claimed by a sovereign God. And so we get together as bold followers and we just receive, we receive whatever God gives. Now we've got to be careful and and not assume that everything that happens in our lives is what God is doing, right? That the bad things that come in our life, remember sin's loose in the world, the evil one's loose in the world, we make bad decisions. So it's not like God is doing bad things in our lives. No, He wants only our good, right? He wants only our good, But he will use all the threats. He will use even those difficult times. And our lives are about something bigger than just ourselves. It says in Acts 4, they prayed, right? And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the Word of God, how? Boldly. Hey, would you, when you just get done praying and you're in a room like today, if we'd pray today and all of a sudden this room would start shaking, 
would you get the sense of how sovereign and incredible God is? That kind of wake you up pretty quick, wouldn't it? That what we share today wouldn't be just words. That's what happened to them. That God confirmed everything and said, hey, that's like God saying, listen, I got it. You're good. I got it. I'm sovereign. I got it. I will only do what's best for you and for the cause of the kingdom. Don't worry. Don't have anxiety. I got it. And that's what they did. It led them to become bold people. And not just them, but it extended into all the believers. It extended into the church and into Peter and into Paul. It extended into Timothy. And so here is Paul writing to young pastor Timothy saying, Hey, I pray for you night and day. But what do I pray about? That with strength, the strength God gives you, that you'd be ready to suffer for, with me for the sake of the good news. What does he want Timothy to do? Just what Peter and John did. Be bold and be ready to just serve a sovereign God. Serve a sovereign God. See, when you surrender your life to Christ, you step into that relationship with a sovereign God and you just trust Him no matter what because you know whatever takes place, whatever the threats, He will always do what's best for the kingdom and in your life. And we just trust Him. We just simply trust Him. So here's the final exam. Final exam for the day. As you hear the word this morning, as you think about Peter and about John and their bold prayers and their bold experience, how does that change the way you're going to pray next week? How does that change the way you're going to pray next week? And as you pray next week, what kind of God are you going to call upon? Because we have a big, bold, sovereign God. And nothing and no threat that comes into your life can stand against him. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for being such an incredible sovereign God. And uh, we want to trust you today. Lord, we know that there's threats against us. Uh, There's things that are heavy on our hearts this morning. Uh, They weigh on us. And Lord, we pray this morning that we could just absolutely, completely, and utterly turn them over to you. That you'd carry that burden that we could just trust you, that we know the threats are going to come against us. They're going to be dangerous. They're going to be hurtful. They're going to be difficult. But we know we don't, we don't go through that alone. You walk with us. Your people, they're around us. Lord, we're all going to pray together. We're just going to pray boldly that you would work in our lives, that you would do what's best for our lives, And most importantly, that you would use our lives for the cause of the kingdom of heaven. Because we know that you love us. You showed it in your son, Jesus. We know that our eternity is secure. And nothing can take that from us. So, Lord, we just simply this morning pray boldly. Let your will be done. Here on earth, in our lives. Let your will be done. Everything according to your purpose, because we trust you. We trust you above everything else. We pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen.